Hello. Hello. I'm Natalie. And I'm Paul. Welcome to God Hates Fang's True Blood Podcast. This week we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 4, Nine Crimes. But first off, we have a new feature, and this is Listener's Questions. So you can submit any questions about the show or the books, uh, either leave comment on our, our website or email us at godhatesfangs at hotmail.co.uk. Okay, question number one is from Roland, and his question is, what model of car did Eric give Lafayette? Well, we're, we're big Top Gear fans, but, um, but we didn't recognise the car, did we? I was, I was wondering for ages, uh, but I googled it, and uh, Google gave us the goods, and I found that it is an SV9 Competizione, <laughs> whatever that might be. And we believe it's based on a Corvette. And, uh, and in, that's interesting because in the books, Eric drives a red Corvette. So, um, so I was wondering, is this Eric's own car? Because these cars, these competizioni's, competition, they cost a hundred thousand dollars. Nice. So I thought, if the Queen's short of money, then surely giving a hundred thousand dollar car to Lafayette is not going to help that situation. So mm. I'm, I'm going to assume it's Eric's own car. Yes, because yeah, c- he can fly. So. Why does he need a car? <laughs> so, Roland, we hope that's a good enough answer for you. Yeah. Um, second, second up is a question from Idris. And her question is, where, where does Pam and Eric live? That's, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, uh, she goes on to say, they might work at Fantasia, but surely they could not live there full time. Or is Fantasia much bigger than it is, and all we see is the bar, Eric's crappy office, and the dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> this this seems strange as Eric clearly likes nice baths as we saw in season one, and Pam must have an extensive wardrobe to house her fabulous clothes collection, shoes and bags. Yeah, she's all, good always point. got some good clothes on. She's, and... she's a fine, finely dressed woman. And uh, in in the books, Eric has a, a modern house in a gated community. I think we don't find that out until like book nine or ten. Um, and I think in book four, we find out that Pam and Chow, Chow, we've not seen Chow this season. The big Chinese vampire. Yeah, right, uh, They live together, weirdly enough, in a, a ranch-style house in a middle-class area, where I'm sure their neighbours are already freaked out by the fact that they've got vampires living next door. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to mention this later, but uh, production designer Suzuki Ingerslev uh, gave an interview to uh, Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly, and she confirmed that, unfortunately, Eric and Pan's homes will not be seen in season three. Ah. So, sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. <laughs> have to wait to see Pan's wardrobe. Okay, so that's the questions we've got. But as Natalie said, if you've got any questions, then just email them to our email address. So, should we start with a recap? Yeah, a recap. Okay, well, the episode started um, at Al Seed's apartment, where we have Suki tending to a half-naked Al Seed. <laughs> Yeah, lucky Suki. Yeah, it's a bit of eye candy for the ladies. Um, she's looking after the wounds that he sustained um, during his fight in the werewolf bar. Excellent fight, an excellent fight that was. Uh, they discussed the fact that the pack are using V, which uh, seems quite shocking to Elseed, and that his ex-fiancée Debbie is involved with them. But then Suki wow. receives a phone call from Bill, who breaks up with her. <laughs> Bluntly explaining that he and Lorena have just had sex, <gasps> and he and he likes the fact that he can tell Suki that it was no hold bar sex. <laughs> he didn't have to go easy on her because there was no fear of hurting her, as <laughs> as we could see. Harsh. <laughs> he warns her not Very to look harsh. for him, stating that he will bring her only suffering. Suki is devastated, understandably, but suspects 
that Bill is being coerced in some way, given that he'd always been so devoted to her. So do we do we think that Bill is is being co- coerced in some way? Uh, I think. Is he, or is he I think he's, he's doing it to, to save Sookie's ass, really, isn't he? Because if he doesn't... If, if she comes looking for him, she's going to get killed by Russell, probably. So he's 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 been harsh to be kind. Been, yeah, but that was quite mean, wasn't it? That was quite mean, but that's just to ensure that she doesn't come after him, I think. And I think... Do you think the fact that this is the first time that we, that we heard Bill swear? He said, he said fuck twice. Oh, yeah, he did. In this scene. Yeah. And we'd never... In, in, Two, in the previous two seasons, he's never saw, he's never said a single bad word. That's, is that the the vampire coming out in him is that, even more? Or is it a code? Is that a code to Suki to think like a hint, mm. like hey, this isn't really me because I wouldn't normally say this. Could be, could be. Or is he just super pissed off? <laughs> so Alcide, he's he's quite cynical, having just been for a messy breakup himself, and um, I think he can see that. I think he can see that Suki's quite vulnerable when she starts kind of <laughs> eyeing his naked chest. <laughs> yeah, uh, that reminded me of, of Suki in the books because she's all like, um, oh, I'm so upset about Bill, but hey, Elsie's really fit! <laughs> Which is exactly how she is in the books. <laughs> so Lorena, she's, she's delighted um, listening to Bill on the telephone to Suki. Um, she's delighted by that, and she's also delighted by the events of the night, saying that that was the best sex I've had in decades. <laughs> but Bill clearly still loathes her, and uh, tells her to get the fuck out. <laughs> she tells him how happy she is, and that she intends to make love... To make, to make him love her. Even if it takes decades. Uh, then he punches her so hard in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great, that a great that was a, face punch. That was a sucker punch. That was... <laughs> That she flies out of the room and he shuts the silver doors behind her, burning his hands in the process. Oh, yeah, yeah. Die, you bitch! <laughs> so, over to Franklin, who. Well, I'm not sure about Franklin, aren't I? <laughs> Shady! Yeah, I thought he was a, a cool dude, but I'm, I'm, I've got suspicions about him now. <laughs> yeah, he seems a bit dangerous, yeah. He, uh, he glamours Tara and he questions her about Bill and Suki. He discovers that Suki is a telepath. And he inquires if Jason is one too. I think this is quite significant because um, obviously he's suspecting that this telepathy is somehow involved in the, the bloodline. It's a family thing. It's something that's been inherited. And uh, if you remember in Bill's secret Sookie file, he had, yep. uh, he had a copy of Sookie's family tree. Uh, so, so do you think J- Jason could have some powers as well I then? I don't think Jason's got powers. I think Sookie is... Well, I don't want to say anything. I know, I know why, but I don't want to say anything. Okay, okay, keep them <laughs> lips together then. Spoilers. Um, Tara says that Suki believes she fell in love with Bill at first sight, but Tara doesn't believe that that is possible. More cynicism. Uh, Franklin makes Tara call Suki, who tells her that uh, Bill has broken up with her. Um, and Franklin makes Tara ask Suki for her address, but Suki refuses as it's the middle of the night. Uh, Franklin bites Tara and later ties her to a toilet and leaves her all day in his motel room. Oh dear, poor what Tara. A, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, and then, yeah, we have, a, we have an interesting scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eric is hovering outside Suku's window. It's nice to see Eric flying. I, I always enjoy, enjoy a bit of flying action. And uh, he explains that only a few vampires possess the ability of flight. Uh, this is this is something that was quite weird to watch for me because I remember the exact piece of dialogue that he says yeah. was a conversation from the books, but it's like it's it's right at the start of the first book. But it's a conversation that Bill has with Suki when she says, "Can vampires oh. fly?" And he says, "Can you hold a tune?" 
and she said something about not in a bucket of frogs or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all vampires, not all vampires can fly then? No. Oh, but Eric Clem. In the, in, the books, in the books, Bill can kind of levitate, but he can't properly fly, but I don't know if he can. But they can all do the fast running. But they can all do the oh, fast running. Oh, that's good. Running. Because uh, do you need to fly if you can do the fast running? Is that The flying's pretty awesome though, isn't it? Oh, the flying is, <laughs> is very awesome. Convenient. Um, no, also, um, uh, Bill does have a power of his own in the books, but they've not really addressed this in the show. I don't know if they're going to bring it in. I won't say what the power is in case it does come into it later. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. So anyway, so yeah, so Eric hovers outside, took his window, uh, blah, 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 and she invites him in, as, as that is the way, and then she comes on to him. She comes on to him strong. And... and and he's amazed when she tells him she can sit, smell the North Sea on him. Oh, that was nice, I thought. It was like that was a, a, yeah. Eric kind can, of wants an emotional connection with Suki. He wants something more than just a... I can smell just, your memories. Just hard sex. <laughs> uh, did, did you think, God, Anna Paquin's abs? Yes, <laughs> I did. Yeah, she is, My God. Yeah, I think she's been, she's she's been, been working out. She's been down the gym. Yeah, no, she, she's fit. Um, <laughs> They're just about to make love. Uh, when we see that this is uh, <laughs> poor Eric, this is just a fantasy of Eric's, and he's in fact sitting bored in Fantasia watching Iveta dance. I think she says, "Am I boring you?" And he's like, uh, yeah, uh, "Whatever." Want Suki? <laughs> so anyway, the next morning, um, Suki tells Alcide that she intends to find Bill, um, as she doesn't believe the things that he told her on the phone, and she thinks that he's in trouble. She's right. She's. <laughs> Definitely right. Uh, Suki wants to go to Debbie's engagement party to find more evidence, but Alcide is reluctant, given that Suki caused a big ruck last time she went there. And everybody would recognise her. Yes. And think that she's dinner. Yes. So Suki comes up with a cunning plan. She gets uh, Alcide's sister Janice to come over and give her a makeover. Alcide's sister Janice. What are you, when, are you liking Janice? Yeah, I'm liking Janice. <laughs> I like. I liked, a... I liked what she done to Suki as well. That is. <laughs> Yes. That, was, that yeah. was a good image. That was a good image. Uh, Janice, the girl that plays Janice, her name is Dawn Olivieri, and she was quite a major character in Heroes. Oh. Uh, after we stopped watching Heroes. We stopped watching Heroes after, what, eight episodes? Was she the one with the reflection? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, oh, okay. No, um, no oh. Janice, um, uh, Dawn Olivieri comes into it after we stopped watching, <laughs> after we gave up on Heroes. I think Janice, I think Janice took an instant liking to Suki. Yes, yes. And she, she seemed disappointed that there isn't anything... Um, going on between uh, Suki and Elsie. After having Debbie Pelt as your sister-in-law, I think you'd be delighted with Suki, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, Suki learns from Janice's mind that Debbie is a V-addict <gasps> and he's getting initiated into the pack. Debbie is not a V-addict in the book. Okay, yeah. The other, uh, the other stuff with Debbie being a psycho and being part of this bad pack is in the book but she's not she's not a V addict but I think it adds something it makes the character more believable that she's a V addict because in the books I was reading it thinking well this girl's clearly just a complete loon why is Elsie interested her interested in her at all but the fact that she's a V addict maybe before then she was maybe a nicer girl there's, there's not been sense. there's not been much Debbie action at the moment but does she live up to your expectation of the character from yeah, the... she's a crazy redneck bitch yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we expect more more nuttiness to come from her. Now. Oh god! Oh my god! You'd not believe what's coming from her. Yeah, no, she's um, she's interesting. Suki suggests that Elsie should help Debbie if he still loves her. Um, but Janice is another cynic, 
and tells her that it's not worth loving those that cause you so much pain. Yeah, fair Which enough. obviously has uh, reverbs with Suki because she's got this uh, dilemma with Bill where he's deeply traumatised her with his harsh words. He was harsh, wasn't he? He was really harsh. <laughs> so anyway, later, El Cid returns home with his new frying pan to discover that Suki has undergone a radical transformation, including a black wig and temporary tattoos, ready for their mission to Lou Pines. Do you think she looked better like that? Did you prefer Did you prefer uh, biker Suki? Uh, I liked biker Suki, but <laughs> I think I like blonde... Blonde Suki. Blonde Suki, yeah. Because Anna Paquin has naturally got black hair, normally. She dyes her hair for the show. But um, I think, yeah, no, I think I like blonde Suki. <laughs> it was a good look, though. <laughs> Um, she tells him um, about Debbie, about what she read from uh, Janice's mind, and Alcide is furious, and he agrees to accompany Suki to the bar to try and talk some sense into Debbie. At Malotte's, Bud Dearborn retires. Oh, no! Don't go, Bud. <laughs> oh, I hope this doesn't mean that he's like a red shirt now, and we're going to... Oh, no. Because I'd be devastated. And wasn't it cool seeing... Um... Uh, William Sanderson wearing like the boot lace tie because they made him like his character <laughs> yeah. in Deadwood, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. Cowboy that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Andy Belfleur replaces Bud Dearborn as sheriff. Uh, Kenya is annoyed that an apparently crazy alcoholic who killed a man is given a promotion. <laughs> um, Jason is irritated by the young high school football hero Kitch disrespecting the ceremony. Yeah, I'm irritated by yeah, Kitch. He was, yeah, he was winding me up a annoying. bit. Annoying. Yeah, noisy. Uh, Kitch mocks Jason, but Jason tells him he is nothing yeah. and warns him that when he's older he will realise how insignificant he really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You cock. Um, Ar- Arlene is upset um, that no one else has turned up for work. Or has been killed. Or has been killed. <laughs> and Sam promises to look for more staff. Probably hard for Sam to get staff for that bar, considering the, yeah. the death rate. <laughs> it's probably quite a big turnover of staff, isn't it? Yeah, what if them all getting killed and turned into zombies and yeah. <laughs> whatnot. Uh, back at Russell's mansion, it's uh, night time again now, uh, Russell and Bill smoke cigars. Yeah, they look like good cigars. Do, I, I, do you know, I'd always, I just assumed that vampires couldn't smoke, because I thought if, if you're brain dead, then... Uh, I mean, smoking is not going to affect your brain, is it? You're not going to no. get any kick out of it. No, it's just like the taste. Just like the, yeah, that's what I sort of thought. And the pomposity of holding <laughs> a, a really fat cigar. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Russell came out with a good Rudyard Kipling quote, which I, I can't remember. But, um, oh, that's, 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 a, that's a good <laughs> bit of information. About, um, a woman oh. is something but a, a good cigar is a smoke. <laughs> anyway, but it's from a Rudyard Kipling poem about cigars, which we'll put a link to so you can feel cultured reading some Rudyard Kipling uh, they discuss Bill's work for Sophie Ann and Bill explains that he worked for her for 35 years as a procurer meaning that his job was to select humans and bring them to the Queen to feed from so basically he's a pimp so <laughs> yes um, um, do we have a I believe we've got a listener comment oh yeah 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 Idris Idris or Idris Idris please let us know yeah, that's no how we pronounce your name. Um, regarding Bill being a procurer, um, that is just a nice way of saying pimp stroke abductor. Um, Bill is proving to be more and more evil and untrustworthy. What is the difference between him doing procuring for 35 years and him just killing random, random people they met? And what was the sabbatical? It's not as if he decided to go back to college and he's getting his PhD from Harvard. Well, I think mm. Mm, I think later in the episode we see that maybe 
procuring is not mate, I don't think Bill just goes out and selects random people to kill. I think he's putting some thought into it. Also, um a little comment regarding Eric's fantasy. Um is that the run is that the run of the mill guy fantasy? Or is it because Suki is so special that she affects him as well? Uh, well, I can tell you that it's probably just the run of the mill guy <laughs> fantasy. I'm thinking if I think I think at this point in the in the books, Eric had drunk some of Suki's blood. Yeah. But he hasn't drunk her blood in the show. If he drunk her blood, I would say that it's some it's some special Suki power. So truly, it is the run of the mill guy he, fantasy. He's just got a big hard on for Suki. Yeah, I, that's, that is understandable. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, Bill explains that he worked for Queen Sophie Anne for thirty five years as a procurer. So that's since since the mid seventies, he's he's worked with Sophie Anne. So that's a lot of Yahtzee he's played then. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was it was his job was to select humans and bring them to the Queen to feed from. Uh, but he insists that his time in Bon Ton was not related to his work for Sophie Anne. Hmm. And expresses concern that if Russell was not able to usurp her territory. It will lead to dire consequences. It's, it's Bill, Bill's bullshitting, isn't he? Ah, he's definitely bullshitting. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bill asks that Russell have Lorena killed in return for information on Sophie-Anne. Um, so, Sophie and he doesn't actually answer, but he does a little nod. Yeah, I a think... A little, little kind of wink, yeah. winky nod. Russell's down with that. He's going he's gonna to bump Lorena off if Bill helps him. Um, Bill reveals that he suspects that Eric is dealing V at the Queen's behest. And correctly deduces that financial gain is her motivation. Yeah, smart Bill, smart. King, King, Russell, <laughs> is, King Russell is very satisfied with his intel and suggests that they celebrate. Is that bad of Bill to, to, um, to grass up Eric? <laughs> well, I don't know. But then, hey, Eric's yeah. trying to steal his girlfriend? It's, Fuck Eric. It's, um, <laughs> just everyone stab everyone in the back kind of yeah. phase that we're in at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So anyway, Franklin, he returns to Tara, who is still tied up in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, he gives her a bunch of flowers and some duct tape and he tells her he can't stop thinking about her and that they have so much ahead of them ah oh, romantic oh, romance <laughs> is in the air they embark on a road trip together and Franklin explains that his employer is interested in Bill and Suki particularly Bill he refuses to explain where he's taken her or why but tells her that he's been very lonely ah oh. and he needs her to take care of his emotional needs oh. is, is he planning on turning her into a vampire do you think Oh, I don't know. Because he's, he's, yeah. he sure? Because he's going to get some ear bashing if he does that. Oh, he's Tara's gonna, not going to shut up. He's going to get eternal ear bashing. <laughs> eternal ear bashing from Tara. No, Franklin, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he brings her to Russell's mansion, and it is revealed that Russell is in fact Franklin's boss. Talbot greets them, telling Franklin that Russell won't be home for a while. Uh, he looks Tara over, and he's disappointed that she is so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes the plumper human to feed on. Okay, back at Malotte, um, Sam gives Jessica a job as a hostess, um, but Arlene is jealous to have a younger, prettier redhead vying for tips. That was funny, that. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was funny. <laughs> uh, Jessica bumps into Chip, a boy she knows from Bible Studies Group. <laughs> wow, that's some social life she had before she was a vampire. <laughs> and he is astonished to see her alive. She resorts to glamouring him to make him forget he saw her, but Hoyt sees them talking. And assumes that she has met someone else. No! Poor Hoyt. Poor Hoyt. I I want Jessica and Hoyt together. No! I I think they're they're destined to be together. They they must be, surely. But do you see some some potential romance for Jessica and Sam's brother Tommy? 
Because they're both going to be working at Malotz and they're about they're both teenagers. They're both freaks. Yeah, they've both got their, <laughs> their abilities and their and their powers. Yeah, that's so I can see a bit of romance, a bit of a love triangle there. Um, Lafayette visits the town of Hotshot to broker a V-selling deal. But Calvin Norris doesn't want to deal with outsiders. Calvin Norris, what a character in the books. <laughs> He's so cool in the books. Um, but I'm thinking Hotshot is quite is, is coming across as quite different because uh, they're not involved in drug dealing or anything in the books. And it's kind of... Although it's run down, it's kind of... You get the sense that it's sort of cleaner looking than it is in the show because it looks really skanky is in the it, show. Yeah. Is it, Hot, the town of Hotshot. Is it nicer in the books then? It's, it's nicer, nice but they're still inbred freaks. But... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're not drug dealers, and it's kind of it's not quite so intimidating, I don't think. But they still they don't like outsiders still. Uh, Felton Norris, obviously a relation of Calvin, his nephew, I believe. Okay. Uh, and some other residents of the town trash Lafayette's new sports car. Oh, <gasps> and then they beat him up. <gasps> oh, Lafayette! Superhero Eric arrives to save the day. Yeah, that was good. That was awesome, and he forces the Norris family to comply and start dealing the V from him. Yeah, he, he can him. he can broker a good deal, can't he, Eric? Yeah, yeah, get the fangs out. There were some good lines from Eric in that scene. Uh, he said, uh, I think I'll kill all your brother cousins first. <laughs> your brother cousins. <laughs> which is true. Well, yeah, which uh, is true. They are all related. <laughs> and, it, and he calls Lafayette RuPaul, which which made me die. <laughs> RuPaul, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> he's like, he's, Eric's going to be like the Sawyer. He is like the Sawyer. The he's Sawyer got, he's, got, he's got the nicknames for the for the people. Sawyer, that's Sawyer from Lost, by the way, if you don't yeah. know what we're talking about. <laughs> Obviously. Um, okay, so back at Malot, Sam discovers that his parents... And brother are living in a camper van in his parking lot. Oh. And yes, we saw more Sam dead tents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been evicted from their home because they're, they're just loser rednecks. Um, later, Sam finds Tommy sleeping rough in the woods and the two brothers have a heart to heart. Sam tells Tommy that he'll let him stay with him and he'll give him a job in the bar. Tommy tells him that their parents are incapable of getting through life without him. And, and basically, he's got to look after them for life. Yes. Um, they return to the family's camper, and Sam explains that they give them all place to live as long as they don't steal or drink. <laughs> <laughs> Which they agree to. Well, well, that's going to yeah. last. That lasts for what, what? 20 minutes of the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, in Lafayette's awesome car, which appears to have had the windscreen repaired, so obviously... Eric's got some good car insurance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric yeah. admonishes Lafayette for failing to broker the drug deal and gives him some drug dealing advice. <laughs> Eric receives a phone call from a distressed Pam telling him that the Magister is raiding Fantasia. <gasps> After she hangs up, the Magister comes into the dungeon revealing that he has found their supply of V and he arrests Pam. Did you like the way that Eric exited the car? That was, that was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Just opened the window and... <laughs> That was so cool, and then um, I liked uh, Lafayette saying, uh, uh, "Oh hell, how am I supposed to deal with this fucked up mess?" <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I also thought it was cool that Magister, the Magister made a reference to uh, Goody Osborne. She, he says, "He says, oh, excuse, excuses." Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Goody Osborne talking to the devil. Uh, Goody Osborne is a is um, uh, a real person. She was a she was one of the women implicated in the Salem witch trials. Oh. Yeah, so that's a that's a, that's quite that's a good good reference. Yeah, good culture reference. culture yeah. in the show this week. <laughs> so um, yeah, so Eric uh, flies out of the car uh, to return to Pam. Um, he arrives in the dungeon to find the magister has tied Pam up and he's torturing her with silver. Tied her to the convenient torture 
device donkey ball thing that they've got going on in the dungeon. Um, they lie and tell the magister that Bill Compton framed them. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Is that, is, that a good, is that a good way that's to a, go? That's a terrible move because the magister's given them two days to find, Pil- to find Bill, otherwise he's going to kill Pam. So how's that going to work? So in two days, Eric's either going to say, sorry, I can't find Bill, or he's going to find Bill and Bill's going to say, well, fuck you, Eric, I, I didn't do this. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know what Eric's going to do. Uh, the magister tells them that the loss of a child is the deepest despair that a vampire can experience. <gasps> Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Uh, meanwhile, back at my lots. Back at my lots. Jason tells Andy that now he is sheriff, he needs to make Jason a cop as soon as possible, or he will reveal that it was really him that killed Eggs and Andy falsified evidence. It appears that Andy is willing to go along with this plan. Do we like this? Do we like this, Jason? I, um, I think Jason. He's been, so, Jason's been quite conniving here, isn't he? But then. We've, this is a dark side of Jason, isn't it, that we've seen in the past when he when he became a drug addict and punched Sookie in the face and stuff. So we've seen evil Jason again. Are we, are we thinking that Jason would make a good cop? <laughs> but well, they've only got four cops in Bon Ton. One of them's just retired, so I think they need Jason. I think he'd make a good cop. I think, yeah. He might, yeah. <laughs> in some ways. So, so over to Lou Pines, where um, they're now at the engagement party. And Suki drinks shots with Gus. I like I like the way that <laughs> she was offered some shots and she kind of went, no, no, no. And she went, oh, fuck yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, I like, I like this side of Suki. Yeah, I like that, I like that. Uh, her disguise works a treat and he fails to recognise her. Uh, just then Debbie Pelt, a dishevelled junkie, arrives and is furious to see that Suki is there with Alcide. She tells him that she was sleeping with Coop behind his back. Dirty whore! <laughs> nasty, no need for that. Um, Suki tells Debbie that Alcide is there to help. And Debbie seems to be moved by this. Beneath her tough exterior, I, f- I think she's got some feelings for him still. Yeah, and uh, he's quite a lot hotter than Coop. So <laughs> given the choice as a woman between Alcide and Coop, I'd, I'd go for Alcide. Um... Anyway, given that choice, I can I can see where you're you going can see, with that. You can see yeah. that, can't you? Yeah. Yes. Even as a man, you can see that. Anyway, yes. Coot arrives and uh, Debbie tells him to let Elsie stay and see the initiation ceremony. <sighs> yes. Suki uses her telepathy and see and sees Coot's memory of stabbing Bill and drinking his blood. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Debbie crowd surfs in her underwear to the stage. Yeah, I like that. I that don't, was you, cool. You don't see that. At- Gigs that we go to. I mean, we see people crowd surfing, but not... We don't really see many girls not, crowd surfing. Not underwear crowd surfing. I actually, no, we went to a gig recently and the, the girl that was singing... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, She crowd surfed and I grabbed her ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, back to the show. Uh, Russell emerges on the stage looking like a rock star in his leather jacket and glasses. And he's, yeah. he's bowed down to by the werewolves. He's, uh, he's pretty much revered by them, it seems. Uh, he gives a little speech in German getting back to the, the Nazi theme, and uh, he drains his blood into shot glasses for all the wolves to drink from. Um, he refuses Debbie, as it, w- as it would cause her brand to heal, and then thanks them all for their collaboration throughout the ages. Whoa, throughout the ages. Throughout the ages. How long has this shit been going on? <laughs> um, he leaves, and Coop brands Debbie's back with the wolf's hook symbol. <gasps> Brutal! The pack is driven into frenzy, and Coot tears his clothes off and shifts into his wolf form. Do we like that? That do we, was awesome. <laughs> do, we, do 
do we like the real wolves as opposed to CGI rubbish from some other certain vampire <laughs> franchise that I don't really want to mention? But we, real wolves real kick wolves CGI rock. wolves' asses. Yeah, yes. you, can, you can stick your CGI wolves. It's Fuck all, CGI. Fuck CGI. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he shifts into his wolf form, and at this signal, every wolf in the room starts to shift. Alcide included. <gasps> he, he turns to Suki and says, Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> And um, she basically runs she out of the bar. It. She legs it. So is that it? Once they're in their wolf form, have they got no control? Do I don't think? know. I was is quite that, confused by this because I, I didn't know if it was maybe in the same way that the vampires extend their fangs when they're kind of excited or yeah. stimulated in some way. I think maybe the wolves, because it's a collective thing, they've got all this energy in the room, they all start to shift. Or maybe the, the sight of the blood as well and the coo as a wolf licks the blood. From Debbie's wound, maybe that will excite them. Elsie didn't drink any of the blood. He didn't drink any V, so no. And he's not part of that pack, so it must but, be. But when he was changing, it did look like he was losing control. Like, you yeah. Gotta, gotta get out of yeah, here. Yeah, he couldn't stop himself from changing. So um, unless yeah. it was a full moon, but you'd think he'd have warned Suki already if it was a full moon that night. Is that is that part of the the, the true bug legend, like with the werewolves with full moon? If it's full is moon, that... then they have to shift. I yeah. Think. Yeah. The same with the shapeshifters. Sam has to turn into a dog at full moon. Okay. Um, this actually no, <laughs> I should mention that in in the books, uh, when they go, when Elseed and Suki visit the bar, which is called Club Dead in the book, and the book's called Club Dead as well, um, and Ru- they see Russell there, and, and Suki sees Russell for the first time. Uh, Tara is also there with Franklin oh. in this scene, but there's <laughs> there's an awesome part in the book where Suki and Tara they start kind of doing this sexy dance together. Like kind of Suki and Tara, yeah. A bit. They kind of do the sexy dance together on the stage <laughs> in, the, in the bar. Yeah. To the song uh, "Love Is a Battlefield." <laughs> really? Yeah. Which uh, I'm I'm quite devastated that they didn't keep this in. <laughs> do you think they can use that for future? I hope so. I want to see um, I want to see Suki and Tara gyrating to I'm, I'm, to "Love Is a Battlefield." <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to Russell, Lorena, and Bill. Um, they travel to a strip club in a limousine, and that, that, was, that was a nice limo. Yeah, Russell a, is minted, apparently. Um, Russell instructs Bill to go into the club and fetch them a human to feed from. Am I right in thinking that he said he wanted an Asian girl? Or am I, am I they, said eth- they said ethnic. ethnic. They said eth- smoky. Smoky. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Smoky or smoking? Smoky. Lorena said some, something smoky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we don't eat humans, so we don't know what she means. But, uh, but Bill complies, seemingly in an effort to gain Russell's trust. So this is kind of like Bill's initiation, I suppose. He browses the club, looking over the girls, until he finds one um, that he deems suitable for dinner. He took his time, didn't he? He did, but a... then but then he was getting a lap dance, <laughs> so no rush. It didn't seem like he wanted no a lap rush. dance. <laughs> um, he glamours her into revealing that her name is Anne. He, in- he inquires whether she has any family... And she tell um, and she tells him that she doesn't, and there is no point loving anyone as it always goes wrong. I think this goes back to Idris's question about um, is that a really terrible thing that Bill does to to take to choose that stripper? But I think Bill very deliberately chooses her because he finds out that she's got no family, and yeah. perhaps when he's been working for Sophie Ann, that's something that he's done to kind of redeem himself. He's thought, well, there's if no, I've got to go out and kill people, maybe I should... There's no there's no sort of going to be any orphans or... Yeah. Any l- lost loved ones, kind of... Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. Um, he takes her to the limousine. Um, as he, um, and as he does so, he feels Suki's fear as she runs from the werewolves. 
um, but he's unable to go to her aid. That's interesting. I wonder if yeah. Eric then has also felt Suki's um, feelings because Eric and Suki have both um, yeah. Eric and Bill have both had their blood drunk by Suki. Yeah. So they both feel her emotions. So, so maybe Eric did feel that as well. So maybe Eric's going to save or, the day. Or maybe Eric's just having another nice daydream and <laughs> he's feeling other things. Yeah. Um, Russell and Lorena attack Anne and Bill reluctantly joins them biting her thigh. <gasps> Kinky. Yeah. What's that artery called? The femoral artery? I did a first aid course a couple of weeks ago and that like shoots like a 20 foot in the air if you bite that. If so, not, if you bite that, if you... So if you bite that. <laughs> they didn't say that yeah. in the course. They said if you sever that artery, it shoots. The yeah. blood shoots a long way. That's, so that is the artery to... That's the one to, to go for. That's the one to munch on. Didn't, no, Bill said that in season one. Do you remember when the when he glamoured the cop in the car in season one? Mm-hmm. When uh, he's getting mm. off of Suki and the cop interrupts them. And uh, the cop says, can I check your neck for, for bites? And Bill says, maybe you should check her thigh. So regarding regarding the latest episode, what could we say that the theme is love is pretty much always doomed? That seems yeah. There's no happy endings. It seems is that, that's what, the, is that where we're going with this? That seems like that seems the way because a lot of characters were expressing deep cynicism about love and. So did we did we like that episode after having a week after having a week's break? It came back with a punch, didn't it? It did, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a good episode. See, does it seem like it's getting darker? Obviously, the show's always been dark, but yeah. It's, it's moving into even more grim territory. I wish I wish we'd have an episode where everyone just kind of chilled out and yeah, <laughs> maybe an episode where they'll sing their lines, kind of. <laughs> well, like Buffy, kind of, kind of like Buffy did, yeah, <laughs> Buffy esque singing episode would be nice. Yeah, we saw Bill singing, but then he killed some people afterwards, so yeah. <laughs> kind of brought the, the mood down. <laughs> So the new cat we've we've gone through the new characters, haven't we? Yeah. Oh yeah. We should mention that Debbie Pelt. Uh, was yeah. The the makers of the show really really wanted Katie Sackoff. Debbie Pelt, who is played by Britt Morgan, I believe. Yeah, but the yeah uh, the first choice for the part was Katie Sackoff from uh, Starbuck. Starbuck from Starbuck. Star Galactica. Starbuck as Debbie Pelt. I could have. Yeah. That would have been so awesome. We love yeah. that Star Galactica. I can and see she was that. she was also cool in Twenty Four, wasn't she? She was. Yeah, she was good in Twenty Four, but. But I just kept thinking of her as Starbuck. Well, maybe it's best that she's not in True Blood then, because we'd just be watching it, and it would it would taint the realism of the show. It would taint... <laughs> if we're thinking, but it's Starbuck! Well, it, it would taint True Blood, or it would taint Battlestar Galactica, because oh, we, we're, we, still, we're still on season four oh. of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No spoilers for that, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's talk about the, the music. Okay. Uh, we, had some, we had some country music from the Mears Brothers. Blame it on the fact I'm a man. That was played in Merlots. Um, we had Deanna Johnston, uh, who actually was a contestant on the In Excess Talent Show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, her song called Trainwreck, which was played whilst Jason and Andy were in the men's room at Malotte's. And uh, we had some, some, some more culture in this episode. Uh, Mozart's piano concer- uh, concerto for piano and orchestra number 19. Yeah. An old favourite of ours. <laughs> um, that was played in Russell's Mansion. And then next up, a massive attack. Um, a song called Paradise Circus, which was played in the strip club. I thought I recognised it. Yeah, that's, did, yeah, that's a good back tune. Back in the day, I heard a bit of massive attack. And we also had a, um, a psychedelic rock band called The Upside Down. Their song Wolf Blood Honey was yeah. played in Lupines. That was cool. There's always a, there's always a wolf reference oh, in there wolf, yeah. when, when there's music at Lupines. Yeah. <laughs> and um, lastly, we had, uh, for the closing credits, we had Damien Rice. And the song was called Nine Crimes. Which obviously the episode took its title from. And that was whilst Anne was getting eaten in the limo. Ah. 
Damon Rice yes. dry. <laughs> so all in all, some great music. Apart from Damon Rice. Yeah, apart from yeah, it's, it's a bit dry, but I think the song the song, worked the song well. fitted for the ending of the episode. That was that was the demo of the song actually, not the not the album version. If you're curious. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's time for our what the fuck of the week. <laughs> Fuck of the week is Russell giving his blood to the werewolves like it's communion. Wow, that was crazy. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. No. So he's, he's got something going. So he's yeah. He's got he's, he's had, had that he's had that going for years, centuries, maybe. centuries and centuries. So yeah, that is a good what the fuck. Anyway, time for line of the week. <laughs> And our line of the week is... Well, I guess the only way to get a promotion in this town is to drink like a fish, hallucinate farm animals and kill a black man. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Kenya. That was Kenya. I like, I, like, I like Kenya. I want more Kenya. I like Kenya. She's cool. She's probably the, the most normal cop <laughs> in Bon Tomp. And all, in, the, in the books, her and, uh, and the other cop... Um, what's his name? Uh, the Kind of the scrawny little cop. Oh, Kevin. Yes. Kevin's the other cop. Uh, they've kind of got a, a kind of a thing going on in the books. Oh, have they? Yeah, but it's not. Not it doesn't actually happen. But Suki reads both their minds, and she knows that they're both secretly in love with each other. Oh. But neither, neither, neither of them know that the other's in love with them. Is that something they they could build on for the for the TV show? <laughs> I can't imagine it in the TV show because the I, I can't see it with the actors that portray them. It, it would it would it look weird? Or no, it could work. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> The odd couple. Kenya looked nice, I thought, in her dress. Yeah. She, she scrubbed up well. She did scrub up well. Okay, time for some news. Okay, let's start with the viewing figures. Uh, the viewing figures for this episode were uh, zero. because uh, Zero? <laughs> because, because I couldn't find them. Oh. oh. The internet failed. Oh, the internet <laughs> lets us down. So, apologies if you're really curious. <laughs> we'll let you know next week if I find them. Okay, anyway, um, regarding other news, um, as we're between seasons with the filming, um, a lot of the cast are doing other things. So, um, Deborah Ann Wall is shooting Catch 44, a thriller about female assassins with Bruce Willis. Wow. Forrest Whitaker. Wow. And Brad... Deriff? Yeah, the Doctor in Deadwood. Oh, that, that, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, a bit of bit of Deadwood action as well. Yeah, yeah. Deborah Ward's uh, Jessica, in case you're wondering. Yes, sorry, yeah, Jessica, yes. Uh, Sam Trammell, who plays Sam. That's easy to remember. Yep. Sam and Sam. Uh, he's going to be in an indie crime thriller called Guns, Girls and Gambling with Christian Slater and Gary Oldman. Wow. Oh, two of my favourite actors. <laughs> that could be good. That's Guns, good. girls and gambling. I think um, it's about... Um, liking the sound of that. I think it's set in Utah and it's about uh, a Native American artefacts that get stolen from a casino. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Moyer is shooting a spy thriller called The Double in which he plays a Russian assassin opposite Richard Gere and Martin Sheen. Wow. We mentioned last week he's doing a Western as well. Um, so he's busy. Alexander Skarsgård is currently making a movie 
based on the game Battleships. <laughs> what? How? <laughs> so, what's C5? <laughs> yeah, how's that going to work? Niche. <laughs> D6. Surely, surely Mousetrap would be a better board game to... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't... That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, so, uh, as, a little, as a little treat for the fans, uh, HBO has released videos detailing the mythologies of vampires and shapeshifters in True Blood. Wow. And they're pretty cool videos. You should check them out. They're, they feature interviews with all the actors that play supernatural creatures. And they're, they're interesting. They, they kind of, they set out all the rules, all the vampire rules and all the shapeshifter rules. Um, Entertainment Weekly has had an interesting article on the show's set design. So if you want to know uh, where they got that big bed that's in Bill's bedroom in the yeah. mansion if you want to know how they pick Lafayette's wallpaper yeah. uh, where all the photos come from behind the bar in Malotte's this will answer those questions I think that's a job that I would really like to do that sounds like such an awesome job a job where you you, you buy the, the set stuff and you buy shit you, you know you buy shit <laughs> and you put shit you think, for people what, to look at what would Sookie's gran have in her house hmm let me think She'd have a copy of Battleships, <laughs> I reckon. Um, right, so True Blood has been nominated for an Emmy <gasps> for Outstanding Drama Series. It is up against Breaking Bad, Dexter, Lost, Mad Men and The Good Wife. Ooh, tough competition. <laughs> tough. Um, I, I would go out of those shows. Obviously, we like, well, we don't, we've not seen Breaking Bad yet, but we keep meaning to check it out. We've checked out some of Dexter. Dexter but, seems cool so far. But that's something we've always put aside for when programmes like Lost and True Blood and, and all the other shit that we watch <laughs> finishes. <laughs> um, Mad Men. I've not seen Mad Men. Mad Men, it, Mad Men wins so many awards, but it looks really dry. Is that the programme <laughs> with Bruce Campbell? Is that no. Mad Men? <laughs> no, that's... You, you say that's... Um, that's oh, burn notice. Oh, okay. No, that looks shit. No, Mad Men's set in the early sixties, and it's about advertising men. And the Good Wife. What's the? I That's mean, um oh the girl from ER. I can't remember her name. Juliana Margolis, I think is her name. Oh, okay. Um oh, it looks that looks really dry. She's like a lawyer, juggling working kids. Oh, it looks awful. Uh, True Blood was also nominated for art direction, casting, and prosthetic makeup. The art direction, like we were saying with the set design, it should win on those grounds, shouldn't it? Because yeah. it is a visually, it's a, a really stunning show. I think um, with the other, uh, with the outstanding drama series, I think because it was Lost's final season, I think Lost is probably going to win it. Do you think? Oh, I, I think so. I, I, oh, yeah, I'd like to say I hope so, but then if it's Lost or True Blood, I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, when's 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 the Emmys? We got long, long until, um, until the Emmys. Oh God, uh, I don't think it's that long. Like a few weeks. I can't okay. remember. So, fingers crossed for True Blood. Um, okay, so now we're going to give you some spoilers. So, if you don't want to listen, then see you next time. Spoilers! Okay, so the official synopsis for episode 5. Uh, Alcide and Suki turn to an alpha wolf packmaster for advice on how to deal with Russell's minions. Tara considers a proposal from Franklin, um, who's completed his mission for Russell. Joe Lee breaks his promise to Sam and Tommy. <laughs> really? <laughs> I said 20 minutes. <laughs> um, Lafayette learns the meaning of patience from Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. From Jesus, his mother's orderly. Jason meets his match in a mysterious girl named Crystal. An heirloom reminds Eric of his past and his ongoing thirst for vengeance. <gasps> also, and we're going to like this, yeah. Viking flashback. Yeah! yeah! Give us some long ships. <laughs> Viking 
Vikings rule. Vikings rule. And also, Hoyt's, Hoyt's going to get a new love interest. What about Jessica? What about Jessica? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's to get Jessica jealous. I hope so. Yeah, I hope they're back together soon. I hope so. So, um, yeah, well, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? Uh, some, we've got some links for you on our, on our site. Um, the, the article we mentioned from Entertainment Weekly, we'll put a link to that about the set design. Uh, we'll put a link to... Uh, Auto car, so you, in case you're interested, a bit of consumer advice if you want to buy Lafayette's car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the YouTube videos to the the um, uh, the vampire rules and the shapeshifter rules. Um, Goody Osborne, uh, if you want to know more about Goody Osborne, and the uh, Salem witch trials, uh, and the poem that uh, the Radio Kipling poem as well. If you if you fancy reading that poem. That sounds good. Sounds like good links. Yeah. So, I believe that is it for another week. That's a wrap. So, have a nice week and... Listen in next week. Listen in next week. Good night. Good night.